Welcome to the Wise Woman Collective. My name is Elizabeth Entry. I am the host and the creator of the Wise Woman Collective podcast. The Wise Woman Collective is a space created to inspire and serve the elevated women of this era, to live a life anchored in Christ and freely being the woman God has created them to be. Thank you for joining. I cannot wait for us to get into this next episode. Let's get it. Hello and welcome to the Wise Woman Collective Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Aintree, and I am back with a new episode. I'm so excited to get into this episode. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing awesome. By God's grace, we just had Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great time with your family and friends. I love this time of year. It just does something to my spirit. I am the person who has my Christmas tree up in the early parts of November. November 1st is my date. The Christmas tree is coming up. I was trying to go for October, but I was like, you know what? I'll wait. And I'll start November 1st. So I have my tree up in November, Thanksgiving for that week. And we go back at it, ready for the Christmas season. I just love all of it. It's such a time of reflection, connection, and really preparing for a new season and I just get all the feels during this time of year. Extremely grateful um, for our God's goodness and his mercies that endures every day. OK, and so I hope it's the same for you. Um, it's just one of those moments where you just got to sit back and just look at how far God has brought you. And so I'm extremely grateful for every listener of the Wise Women Collective. I have to say during the Thanksgiving break, um, I ran into a few people who have listened to this podcast. I've gotten a lot of text messages and I am just in awe and I'm just extremely grateful for you all. I cannot thank you enough. And I cannot just tell you how beautiful you all are. Like every time I see you, I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. the most beautiful people. And I just want to say thank you and God bless you all um, for listening to this podcast, sharing it, all the feels, all the details for this podcast are in the show notes. So when you have a moment, check out the show notes. There's a few links there for us to connect. Um, One thing I would like to ask for you to do right now If you're on social media, I want you to follow the Wise Women Collective's page. Yes, that's all I want you to do today is pause for a second, go on Instagram and follow the Wise Women Collective's page. Okay. the second thing I want you to do is I want you to send this episode and any other episode in this series, because I believe that, you know, God is taking us higher you know, you know, God has taken us higher. A few of you are like, Liz, I got to catch up. And you do need to catch up because this series is, I believe, a series that is going to fortify us for 2024. Like you do not want to miss uh, what's in store. OK, and I believe that we are um, getting close to the end of our series. I believe we have two more episodes before it's the end of the year. And I believe that. That this is a series that 
everyone needs to listen to, to be positioned for the higher that God is calling us into. He is calling us into higher living. And in order to be able to embrace it, to experience it, it requires preparation. And so I believe that this series is really here to prepare us for the higher that God is calling us into. And so and that new era could be the new year. I mean, it could be the new, could be the new year. It could be a new season. It could be a new era that you are stepping into. This is the series that you want to listen to as you transition into that. And so I'm extremely excited for this uh, series. I really am super pumped about it and super pumped for today's episode. Um, Really excited about this one. <laughs> um, but like anything that's new, be it the new year, the new series, a new era, it's going to require us trusting God for the new. And I know trusting God, it's not for the weak. I think it's easy to trust God, but it's really hard to wait on God. It is not easy to wait on God. And I look back at my experiences and um, I'm looking at different experiences of where I've really had to depend on God. I've had to wait on God and I've, you know, I've shared some of that with you um, through this journey, through this podcast about, you know, just school, college and marriage and grief and all those things. And One of the things I always tend to do whenever I am in a situation or I'm waiting on God and let's just say I get on the other side, (laughs) Um, I, I always think about my biggest regret. Like, what would have I what would I have done differently or what do I regret? And I think what I would have done differently. I won't say regret in a negative way, but what I do regret or what I wish I would have done differently in every situation is I wish I would have trusted God more. Like I look at every situation. I'm like, Lord, if I knew it was going to be like this, I would have trusted you way more than I did. And I know God is a, a good God and he's faithful and I know he understands. But if that is something that I look back on and I'm looking as we're navigating into the higher, my prayer is that, Lord, that I may trust you more than I did before, that I may trust you more than I did before. And as I continue to trust God in every season, I've learned that there's certain things that make it easy to trust God. And one thing is really looking back and just seeing how far God has brought me. And I'm sure you can say the same, that you can look back and see how far God has brought you and be like, you know what? He is faithful and I can trust him, you know, but I cannot say (laughs) that I have that same attitude um, when I'm in the beginning of a season or I know God is calling me into something or I have an experience where I'm really having to depend on God and It doesn't matter if it's in the beginning or the middle or even at the end. Sometimes I like I don't have that type of trust. (laughs) And I can honestly say earlier in my journey, and I think um, just even as I'm navigating, I think my experience with God is God, you know, I've had more experience with God. I don't have these thoughts to the extreme, but I know that initially I used to think that God had it out for me. I used to think that God made my life too hard 
I used to ask myself, why does it seem as though life is just so hard? Why does it seem that when I desire something, it feels like I got to struggle to get it? You know, why do I have to go through all these experiences? And, you know, when you're going through a season of trusting and waiting, it is not easy to not look at others and see how seamless it appears that everyone else is going through their season, how seamless somebody can go through college, how seamless someone can meet a person, get married, have children and all the things, start a business, be successful. Like you look at it from a position of why is it so much easier for others? Why is it so hard for me? Why do I always got to be God's strong soldier all the time? (laughs) You know, like why is God so hard on me? And To be honest, you question like, God, you know, I know you're a God of love, but why does it feel like you love me? But my the life you've given me is hard to navigate. And it's hard to believe that in sometimes in certain situations that, you know, God really loves you and he really has his best for you. And it's hard to not think that, oh, Lord, you know, I know you love me. I know you got what, you know, I know your word, but it just feels like things are just harder and it feels like things are being held back. You know, it just feels a lot harder. It feels like when it comes to the struggling team, you always got me on the bus and I want to get off. (laughs) And I know you may be feeling that way. I don't know where you are today in your journey of faith. And as we are navigating into the higher, you may be starting or you may be now stepping into a season of trust and you just feel that things are hard and things are seem to come hard for you. You might be in the middle and just feel like I've been in this journey for a very, very long time. And I think that you know, God is just, it just seems just hard. Like why? Or you might be at the end and you're like, why did I have to go through all of that? Why do I have to go through all of that? I have had those experiences. I've had that experience. I've, I've had those thoughts in different seasons of, of trusting God. And I don't feel that it's fair to have a conversation about trusting God. And as I said, it's not linear. You know, it is an experience that if we don't really communicate, you will feel that you are going through it alone. And so I believe it's important that we have those hard conversations and we have those conversations that a lot of us don't um, get to have, you know, in safe spaces. And um, for me, I have had those feelings where it's just felt like, why does it seem so hard for me? And to be honest, it is hard to trust God when you see life that way, when you see your faith journey that way, or when you see an experience or circumstance in your life as hard or, you know, just feels like this is just uncomfortable and this just doesn't feel like I deserve all of this, you know. And for many of us, it has made us very hesitant to trust God for big things. It's made us willing to compromise, you know, because it just seems so hard or it seems that we're not going to get God's best. And so sometimes we minimize our desires and our expectations to kind of fit what we think God will be willing to do for us. We prefer being comfortable more than we 
you know, prefer pursuing the promises of God. And for many of us, we've even given up. And I feel you because I have been in every one of those situations. And as God has taken us into higher, I think it's important that we have this conversation because I believe a lot of the reasons why we have that experience or that feeling that, um, it's hard. And why is it hard for me? Why is it challenging for me? Why is this? Why does it feel like God is hard with me? Has a lot to do with the picture of God that's been painted for many of us. And from the time that we've been, you know, we are born from the time we've been introduced to God, from the time we're early on in church, we just see God as such a harsh God that he is, an, you know, he's a God who hates sin and he disorder and he's harsh and he's hard hearted um, that he has a low threshold when it comes to our imperfections and our mistakes. And for me, it resonates even more real um, because I'm, I'm Ghanaian, I'm Ghanaian American. And for many of us, are, if you're Af of African descent, um, for many of us, God has been painted in a way where, uh, in a way where he, he fits this image of an emotional, unavailable father, uh, which many of us, not just in our relationship with our parents, but we have seen in our culture, right? Where, you know, it's a father figure who's very quiet, doesn't speak much, is more of a disciplinarian, is ready to judge, ready to correct, ready to call out wrong, you know, doesn't have room for emotional connection, um, does what he wants when he wants. And if you want something for him, you kind of have to placate, you know, you have to kind of um, do what he wants you to do in order to kind of get your way. And he, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if you had this experience growing up, but, you know, anytime you ask for money, you're like, they're like, I don't have it. And they'll give you like $2 and you need like a hundred. <laughs> and for many of us, um, that is how God has been. It's kind of like he has a lot of good things, but he's not going to give you the best. He'll give you a little bit. Right. And it creates this picture of God that regardless of how long we've been, we've known God and we've walked with God, it's still the lens we have of God and how it is reflected. Right. How it shows up in our life. And it is really um, it's so clear because we find that because we have this perception of God of being this certain way. It's hard to see him as someone who loves us at the same time. We see it as that tough love, that God is a God of tough love. And how it shows up in our journey sometimes is, and I can say in my journey, was that I was more focused on my spiritual discipline as a way to get on God's good side. I was more focused on my fasting and my praying because I knew that if I did that enough, that I was going to get on God's good side. And so if I prayed, I'd get it. I remember it showing up as, you know, going to church services and being afraid to miss a service, because if I missed a service, if I didn't show up, if I had something that I needed to get done that needed to come, even though it was important because I didn't 
do it, like if I didn't show up for church, that that was going to count against me. That if, if I didn't pray all like every uh, single second of the day that um, something bad was going to happen. And if I and, and because of who I am, where I come from, you know, all these doctrines and ideologies that I wasn't even if I did all of that, I still wasn't privy to God's best, that I was only going to get the remnants and I should just be happy with what I had. And how that results was in basically when I would engage God, I could only engage God for what I wanted and what I needed. So I couldn't, I didn't know how, I I wasn't getting to know God, but I would only engage God when I needed something. And once I had it, I didn't have any other ways of engaging God and getting to know more about him. I noticed that I prayed from a place of anxiety and fear. And you may be aligning with what I'm saying, you know, and how it also projects itself or shows up is we put a lot of energy into what we're doing. We're believing our efforts is giving us credit. Yet we do all this and we have this notion that this might or might not happen. God may, he may not answer. And I, and we're not very clear about how God feels about us. And it's this constant cycle that leads to this spiritual exhaustion and burnout. That if I don't give this amount, if I don't sow a seed here, if I don't do what this person says, that God is going to look at me and he's going to punish me or God is going to keep from me what it is that I desire. And what we find is that we have a transactional relationship with God. And we just see how a lot of this shows up in our relationship with God because we see God as, you know, he is our father in heaven. He does love us. You know, we we say that, but yet when we're really living this thing out, we we are so aware of God's judgment, his criticism, his low tolerance of our imperfections and our and our mistakes. We're more what's in the forefront sometimes is just avoiding his his wrath. But it's important for us as believers to recognize that how we see God is really important. Before I get started, don't get the impression that I'm saying that God is not a God who accepts us making mistakes and and purposely doing things wrong. Not at all. Uh, If you've listened to the previous episode, Intentions, you know that I in no means mean that. But how we see God, how we pursue God, our perception of God, how the awareness we have about God, it is important because it frames how we pursue him. It, 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 it frames how we pray, how we, we show up, how we behave, how we see our life, how we see ourselves, how we engage God. Perception is everything. And sadly, as a a large majority of us have been introduced to this God who is so harsh. And so when it comes to the journey of trust, it seems so hard. But our perception of God is, is, is important. How we see God, how we frame him is important. And the perception we move towards God, the perception, how we pray, the, the posture that we pray is important. The posture, how we engage God is important. The tone that we have about God is important. And God showed that to me in my journey, that how I saw him was important. How I see him is important. 
It was important to him. It is important to him. And many things for me changed when I came across a scripture that I'm going to share with you today about how we see God and how you see God. And it's in Matthew 16, um, verse 13 through 19. And I'm going to read the NIV version. Um, Jesus is with his disciples at this time. Um, there's just a powerful part of this scripture that I want us to read. I usually try to keep it to one scripture, but I want us to kind of look at what's going on here in the scriptures and why perception is important. So in verse 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, Well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So Jesus is asking, who do people say that basically I am and or who the son of man is? Right. And they give out all these names that, oh, the son of man is Elijah. It's it's John the Baptist. It's Jeremiah. And then Jesus asks them, but who, but what, what about you? He asks, who do you say I am? Let's look at verse 15. It says, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Perception is everything. And it's not just everything just being a believer, but it's everything to God. Jesus is asking his disciples. Everyone has said everything about me. Everyone has given you their perception of who the son of man is. But today I'm going to ask you, what about you? Who do you say I am? Because how who you say I am determines how you see me, how you handle me, how you pray, how you believe me, how you trust me. Who do you say I am? And today I want to ask you, sis, what about you? Who do you say he is? Because many of us are holding on to what others have said about God. And we're holding on to those perceptions. And the thing is, I'm sure through our life experiences, People, God has used several people to reveal this, you know, sides of God. Even now, as you're listening to me right now, I am, you know, giving you just the revelation I have of God. But what is important about this scripture is the accuracy of people's perception of God. In this scripture, people were saying that the Son of Man. Is John the Baptist, is Elijah, is Jeremiah, that is a God of who's harsh, who's mean, who is low tolerant, who's who cares less about your emotions and how you feel. And he he hates sin and he hates you. And he's going to like that's that, that those ideologies. That's how people see him. But what Jesus is showing us here is how you see him is important. But beyond that, the accuracy, and we'll see in verse 16, Simon Peter responds and says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, a true revelation of who he is. Because then Jesus says to him, blessed are you, because this was not revealed to you by a person. This was revealed to you from my father in heaven, saying that this is not a random person saying something for you to believe. No, this is a revelation. This is something that God is in you. It's 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 fortified. It's solidified in you. How do you see God? 
And that is probably one of the most important questions that you have to answer. It was an important question I had to answer because it got to a point in my faith where I was having to ask God like, Lord, (laughs) you know, it's getting hard for a sister. (laughs) And this scripture just was like as if God had highlighted it and said, who do you say I am? And it would take me time because remember, we've been, you know, over the years, we've we've been introduced to different, you know, revelations of God, right? Or different ideas about God or different perspectives about God. And it's okay that, that we have different perspectives of, about God, but we have to have an accurate perspective in order to do this journey of faith well. For me, it would take time because I was like, I have to be really honest. Am I pursuing the God that that people have told me about or this is the God that I've come to know? And so it made me very intentional about being in my word, spending time with God, believing what God reveals about himself to me, how God reveals himself to me, how God reveals himself through scripture, studying, asking questions, being curious, making sure that what I believe about God is really in alignment with who he is. And it has been a journey really to see God in a healthy way. And so God continues to just reveal parts of himself to me, right? And it wasn't until I lost my uncle, my beautiful uncle, my uncle Richard recently, that God had made it even more clear to me who he is and my perception of him. And it wasn't until this experience that I had that I recognized that a lot of how God was presented to me, a lot of the perceptions I had about God was inaccurate. And I'll be honest today, a lot of us, our perception of God is inaccurate. But let me just go ahead with my story. My uncle Richard, we call him Uncle Jay, an amazing human being. Um, He's always been a part of my life, but When my father died when I was 15, he just had a real presence in my life. Now, my uncle is very quiet. He doesn't talk much. Sometimes I remember there were times that he would just come over and he would just stand there. He wouldn't say anything. And he would just laugh at me, my sisters, my mom. We'll be just doing crazy stuff, having crazy conversations. And he'd smile, laugh, walk away. You know, his wife, his children, they were just family. Like, just love being around him. And what I loved about him was that it didn't matter what I did. Okay. I was always his lovely Elizabeth. He would call me. I wouldn't pick up my phone. He would leave messages and him and his wife, Auntie Ukiah, when they leave a message, honey, they're leaving a message. Hey, Liz, I'm calling you. It's Wednesday, November 29th. It's 2.55 PM. I'm calling, you know, they would leave, they would timestamp, right? And sometimes I could be busy or I could be in one of my little moments and I wouldn't pick up the phone. And you would think that when he sees me, he will go off on me because that's nine times out of 10. That's what most people do. They'll see me. You don't pick up the phone. (laughs) But he wouldn't. The first thing he will say is my lovely Elizabeth. And it was just so endearing. I guess I still have all the recordings. Thank God for the voice messages and the calls I didn't pick up because even though he's not here today, Lord rest his beautiful soul. I get to hear his voice. Because he would call, but he was so good, so good, not just to my family, but to so many other people. And one thing I loved about him was how consistent he was. It didn't matter when I called him. I could call him in the middle of the highway, like, uncle, I just got a flat tire. It doesn't matter where I am. He was going to help me. 
I could be like, uncle, I need like, I need some money to do something. He would give it to me. (laughs) If I needed to find somebody who had to rig something for me, he would find it. Like he was my, he was my loving father. And I say this, uh, my father passed when I was 15 and I, my, my father was also a very loving, quiet man, you know, but I didn't have a lot of experience, right? With him. So when God brought my uncle to Jay, it felt like having another father and he was just good. So when he passed away, it hurt so deep because I'd already lost my mom and now I'm losing a person. Not only am I losing my mom, but now I'm losing a now another father figure. And I was just hurt. And then I remember just like getting very quiet, like, Lord, why? And all I could hear God say is, I'm going to show you that I am your loving father. And all I remember is saying these three words, Lord, show me. Lord, show me that you are a loving father. Immediately, things started to change in my life. I started, my whole mindset shifted because then I started looking at how far God had brought me. I started connecting the dots. I started seeing that, wait, 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 wait. God is not, he doesn't dislike me. He didn't take my mom because he doesn't like me. He didn't take my uncle because he doesn't love me. Life is life in, but God is God in. And I remember during the pandemic, my family of six, we all get COVID. Now the girls had COVID and were jumping around this house like they hadn't felt like nothing happened. My husband and I get COVID and my husband has like, a, it looks like flu symptoms. But when I got COVID, oh my goodness, I got it bad. I could not breathe. My oxygen numbers were going down. I could go up the steps. My heart is beating fast. And all I could hear God saying is, I'm going to show you I'm a loving father. He would remind me I'm a loving father. And day by day, I'm like, Lord, my four kids, like my husband, what am I going to do? And then I'm seeing God in just so many different ways. And I'm having all these experiences. And he's reminding me, I'm, I'm showing you I'm your loving father. And as he's showing me that he's a loving father, he was showing me how much he has loved me in the past. I started just seeing my life through the lens of the fact that I had some, I have a father who is looking out for me. And I don't know if you've ever been, my husband, we have four daughters. So I see my husband engage my daughters. And so it's easy for me to look at his relationship with them and then look at my relationship with God and see, God, you know, this is what a loving father looks like. And some of you may say, well, you know, I don't have that experience, but I pray that God will give you highlight for you someone and in his own way reveal to you. And he is, and he will do that. What a loving father is. But if you have a daughter, you know, if you're married, have children, you see how your father, your husband engages with your daughter, you get it. If you have a good dad, you see how he engages with you. God is better than that. And so I started looking at like, no, God, you're a loving father. You're nurturing me. You're protecting me. You're not going to give me anything bad. And I started to recognize that God was with me, but most importantly, he was for me. And today I want to let you know that God is for you and you have to, I don't want to say have to, you must have that perception about God. That is the most accurate perception of God. Anything other than that is not God because God loves you more than you can ever imagine. He has so much compassion for you. He has so much grace for you. He wants to be your help. He will, he's not, you know, when you recognize that God, that he, he loves you, you recognize that all those things that are happening and the things that have happened to you, you know, were actually happening for you. 
that that brokenness that you're experiencing, it is he is going to bring meaning to that, that he's not trying to break you. He's actually building you. He is enamored by you. He is mindful of you, that the things you think he's taken from you, he that you don't need, that he's moving everything for your benefit. And his longing is that you will see that love and you would draw near to him. And you'll say, Liz, well, what about my mistakes? What about the lifestyle? And the thing is, it's simple. Repent, change your mind, go to him authentically with pure intentions and know that when you give it to him, he's not looking at that to judge you. But when you begin and if you're struggling in your life, right, with sin and or living a life that's contrary to what God wants you to do or a lukewarm type life, when you recognize how much someone loves you, you don't intentionally hurt that person. I love my uncle Ajay and I would never just because of how much he loved me, I would never respond with that love and hurt him intentionally. You won't ever put yourself in a place where you will compromise your connection. And that's how it is whenever you have a revelation that God loves you. You find that your connection with him is important to you. And so you don't want anything to mess up that bond, not out of fear, but in response to love. And if you can see how much he loves you and still do things to hurt him, then you really don't have a revelation of the love of God. And it's important for you to pursue him until you do. It's important for us to pursue God until we have a healthy lens and a healthy perception of God. For me, I started to recognize that the things that I considered, oh God, you must not like me. God, this is hard. Why does it always seem like I'm struggling? Why is this what I recognized that God was moving for me? All those things I look back at, we hitting the 40 minute mark. I can't talk too much about it. But what I can say now is that it was working for me. And I recognized that not only did God love me, but he actually likes me, that he has kept me because he likes me. And sis, God has kept you because not only does he love you, but he likes you. And I'm going to be bold enough to say this. And if it's not true that God loves you, right, then it means that what Jesus did on the cross was completely pointless. We don't need Jesus if God doesn't love us. God, he loves us too much. And that's why we need Jesus. He loves us so much. That is why Jesus died for you. He was thinking of you. He was mindful of you. And so why not experience this beautiful love? Why not be able to engage from a place of God does love me? And I, I my perception of him has to be just that first, that he loves me and that he's a loving father. One of the scriptures that my mother-in-law introduced me to, and I want to share with you before we get out of here, is that God really does love love you. He loves us. Wise Woman Collective, he loves us. Why? Because he has promised us that he has taken us higher. He has taken us to open spaces. In Psalm 18, verse 19, my mother-in-law, she, you know, she, she always, you know, kind of echoes this scripture and it has become one of my favorite scriptures, but especially now, and especially in this season. And sis, I want you to catch this, that God loves you, but more than that, he actually likes you. Psalm 18, 19 says that he has brought me out into a spacious place. He has rescued me because he delighted in me. Now, I looked at all the translations, right? But they don't say it the way my mother-in-law says it. 
Okay. All of the scriptures in English say it delighted in me. And this is the good part about being uh, bilingual and speaking tree, because then you go into the tree Bible and it doesn't say that he rescued me because he delighted in me. In tree, it says that he rescued me because opemasem, opemasem. That means he likes me. God likes you. And he's taking you into the to open spaces, into spacious places, and he's rescuing you. Oh my goodness. God is rescuing us from the pit, right? Of wrong thinking, of mediocrity, mm, of low level living, of stagnation of bondage. He is rescue. He's rescuing us from that and setting us into higher places, into open spaces, into spacious places because he likes us. He likes you. He delights in you. And if you have that perception, you know that God is with you because he likes you. And you should be able to say, God is with me because he likes me. God is not against me. He is for me. Life is not happening to me is happening for me. He's not breaking me. He's building me up. He has not forgotten me. I am at the forefront of his thoughts. He's not keeping anything from me. Everything I need, I have access to. I'm still waiting because God is giving me his best. It hasn't happened yet because he takes his time with me. I'm not overlooked because he's preserving me. The situation didn't happen. It happened for me to catapult me. See, that's what happens whenever we know that God loves us and we know that God will pay us. And so when our perception about God is that he loves us and that he likes us, we can trust God. We can fully trust God and we can wait well. We can look at how far he has brought us in the past and see that he has so much more for us and it allows us to wait on him gracefully. And it's important that when we catch this revelation in my prayer is that you catch this revelation. You have to protect that and recognize that if it does not reflect God's love for me, then it's not God. Mm. And for most of us, we we have to see God from a different lens. We're having to break down so many things and so many ideologies that we've had about God, how we pray and you know with anxiety and fear, and really recognize how to love and, and pray from a place of love and trust. Mm. Confidence, because we have the right perception of God. God is taking us higher and we have to make room for that. We have to make room for the blessings by making sure that we have the right perception. Because when we have the right perception of God, we can trust him well. We can pray well. We can engage him well. We can move with boldness. We can move with confidence that he is with me, that he's for me, that he's with you and he is for you. So my prayer is that you know that God loves you, number one. And number two, it's important for you at the end of the day to ask yourself, who do I say that God is to me? My prayer is that after this episode, that it will be a loving father because that's who he really is to you and me. But not only is he a loving father who loves me, but he likes me. He's not just a loving father 
that loves you, he likes you. He likes you. And so it's important that you get to a place where you can really embrace and experience the love of God. It changes everything. It changes what you see. It changes how you pursue the things of God. It changes how you obey God because you know that everything is working for your good. This was kind of long, but I think this is probably one of the most important episodes because if you don't catch this revelation, the journey may feel hard. So my prayer is that you catch this revelation. And if you're saying, Liz, I'm struggling with this revelation of God, that he's a loving father. What I want your prayer to be is that Lord, show me that you're a loving father. Show me that you're a loving father because how I see you is going to affect how I show up. How I see you affects how I trust you. And I want to trust you and I want to wait well. And I want to go into the higher that you've promised for me. All right, sis, I think I want to end here, but this is good. And I want you to share this with your closest friends. If you love your friends and you love your sisters and you love your cousins and you love your best friend, Send this to her. Send this to whoever or send this to him because I know we got male <laughs> listeners as well. That God loves you. He likes you. He's taking you higher to open spaces. He's redeeming you from mediocrity, comfortability, stagnation, all of that and taking you into a higher level living. All right, y'all. We have two more episodes. If you haven't caught up, please catch up. This is what you need for 2024 and beyond. Amen. So I love you. I'll talk to you and I'll see you in the next episode. Let's get it.